Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome to another episode of Disciple Making. Tim Beadle here with my good friend, my good disciple making friend, Darren Ride. And we're continuing to work through the, the book by uh, Damien Girk in the way uh, church as we know it can be a discipleship movement again. Again is in brackets. And so we've just been looking at uh, various different aspects in terms of how the church engages with people. And today we're going to talk about uh, the whole topic of membership. Uh, Darren, are you actually a member of, yeah, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to the church thing. Are you a member of any other club organization? And if so, what does that mean in your life? Well, I mean, I used to be a member of a lot of Toastmasters and uh, Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. Uh, but the only thing I think I'm really a member of right now is the gun club, basically. <laughs> That's the only uh, formal membership I have apart from church-related stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, how how many legal weapons do you have uh, within your 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 gun box or closet or whatever? Well, this is going to be online, so no comment. Yeah, that's right. Now we should say that uh, Darren does not live in a metropolitan uh, city, but more in a rural environment where <laughs> things may be a little. But but but, but let, let's talk about the, this topic today in terms of uh, where does membership, if it does at all, fit into this this conversation about. Disciple making movements and legacy churches, churches as we know it, type of thing. Uh, what has been your experience with the purpose and the usefulness of membership in the local church, Darren? Well, it's yeah, it's uh, it's a love hate relationship in a lot of ways. You know, I, it was probably one of the years I had most tension with it in my soul in the life of the church. I understand the rationale for it, the benefits of it, in terms of you know who gets a say in the life of the church, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, it's a filtering mechanism. I, I know when I would when I would teach the membership class, I would ask this question, Tim. I'd say, "What do cars, guitars, and church membership have in common?" <laughs> and we get all kinds of we yeah. get all kinds of answers. Some good answers, actually. But the point I was trying to make is that none of them are explicitly described in Scripture. You've got yeah. chariots instead of cars, and harps yeah. instead of guitars, and yeah. you know, and and a local community church instead of church membership, but. Each of these things can be used for good or evil. Yeah. They can be used in the right way or the wrong way. And so, you know, in that way, I was saying that church membership properly used the way we do it, you know, in our organizational legal way can contribute to disciple making. Yeah. However, it's a bit of a, a, a round peg in a square hole because the reason we have church membership is denominational requirements, which are actually legal requirements from yeah. our government overall. Right. Yeah. And so there's a, there's a tension there for me, Tim. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, membership, you can count members in terms of, you know, a, a lot of people have used the gauge in terms of, well, members are the committed people who come to the church. However, there, there's a lot of people who do a lot of good things who aren't members. And it, it is there is a bit of awkwardness uh, because uh, some churches uphold, uh, well, you have to be saved and you have to be baptized before you can become a member. But then... Membership, really, there's, uh, apart from perhaps you have to be a member to teach the Bible or sit on the leadership team or elders board, really, no, no one's going around to check your membership card <laughs> week in, week out to see if you're part of the membership or, or not type of thing. 
Yeah. You know, I, I've known of churches where, uh, you know, if you attended for six months and gave, yeah. you automatically became a member, you know, which, yeah. which is interesting, but what's not included in that? Like you didn't actually have to be a Christian, <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that. And, 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 you know, here's, here's my, as I prepared for our time here, Tim, this is the thought that came to me that people who can be members of a church, a voting member of a church, jumping through the hoops and all that that means, and they can still be nasty, yep. gossipy, yep. non-disciples, and they get to vote and they can even be elders. Ouch. Ouch. And that's, there's something wrong with that, that, that just, there's a tension there. And I, I mean, I work with a lot of churches at any given time. I've worked with a lot of churches over the last decade in transitional ministry, being on the ground or coaching. And membership certainly isn't a screening mechanism for obedience or Christian conduct from okay. what I've seen. Yeah. And you know, uh, the thing that I've noticed about membership and membership roles it's really hard to take people off membership roles <laughs> mm. because there, there's some sort of, especially for people who haven't attended for years, uh, you can't just take them off. You know, there, there's a process you have to go through. And, and uh, for some people, well, we've always been, the family has always been a member of this church. And, and all of a sudden we see this sentimentality as the basic and bedrock of the foundation for the relationship with the church, mm -hmm. not, not what Jesus has called us, to become and what he has called us to do. And so therefore, yeah, I was joking with you a bit before uh, we went on, on, on air here. I said, yeah, is, is the word member or membership even in the Bible? <laughs> and you quickly pointed out that yes, in first uh, Corinthians chapter 12, when it's talking about the, the church as a body, it talks a lot about the parts of a body and, and, and this, but then it says, but God has combined the members of the body. How, uh, if we unpack that a little bit, what did God have in mind when he talked, when he calls us now members, not parts or units? Well, I don't know if I'd, I'd slice and dice it on that, on that terms, members versus parts. I think I'd look at the meaning of it yeah. and it's about this unity and diversity and, you know, same purpose and love and care. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very relational picture yes. and a very unifying picture. We need each other. Yeah. yeah we yeah. need each other. You can't say to another person. So that's sort of uh, you know, cuts through some of the jargon and, and misconception that, you know, uh, there, there are some pictures uh, biblically of, uh, you know, the body is one, you know, in terms of how God is going to assemble his people. And in Hebrews, it says, yeah, don't, don't forsake the, the commitment of, of getting together. Um, but that's not specifically members. Uh, you know, we, we're called the bride of Christ. It, it, it's all relational. The bride, mm. uh, the body as all the parts are related to each other. Uh, you know, even uh, uh, I think of the, the the fruitful branch. You know, the fruitful branch, mm -hmm. John fifteen. How if we're united and that that we're united, uh, you know, we're clinging on to Christ. Fourteen times in that passage, uh, we will bear fruit, and love is at the basis of it because that's His command: lo love each other. And uh, and and even in, in in Peter, when it talks about the body, is is like um, uh, living stones building up a spiritual mm -hmm. house. Uh, so this is all about the purpose, because each one of those pictures has a purpose to it. Obviously, a bride is to be faithful, uh, a body is to be fit, and, and a branch is to be fruitful, and, and, and a building is to be fortified. Uh, did you like all the alliteration there? Oh, man, uh, but, but when we come to membership, uh, it, it, it's sort of left to the local the local church leadership or denomination to decide who's in and who's out based on a list. 
Mm. And that list uh, does not, I've never seen a list that has included, uh, are you going to commit yourself to become a disciple maker? So, so right there, we're, we're sort of steering down the wrong path, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we, again, we were talking before, I, I think this issue of membership, Tim, and what it means or doesn't mean or how it's present is really a significant point of demarcation from the legacy church to disciple making yeah. movements, particularly if we look at disciple making movements overseas in the third world, That's like right. there's nothing, there's no parallels. So, so it's not like we're comparing two different systems of membership, even really we're comparing a formalized legal structure with a very organic um, intended to multiply structure. They're two different things. And maybe for context, Tim, would it be, would you be able to just summarize, like you're a member of a local church. I'm a member yeah, yeah. of our connection with the one church we're part of here. That's our sponsoring church for 12 church. I'm a member there. What yeah. does membership look like mean in your context? Just so yeah. as a reference point. Well, uh, yeah. So I won't name the church, but I'll tell you about the experience. Mem- membership, and it's a large church, over a thousand people. Uh, membership is not really uh, lifted up as something that, that 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 people are actively encouraged to pursue. Uh, newcomers who have come from other churches ask about becoming members. Uh, we have congregational meetings, annual general meetings once a year. Anyone can come, but only members can vote. So, so that's the one thing that only members can vote. You have to be a member to um, uh, be on the board. You have to be a member to be part of the staff. But apart from that, Darren, I can't think of anything that really says, are you a member or not? And even, and this is the thing that, that I've been pushing for, said, even when people become new members of our church, uh, it's like a non-event because they're never sort of introduced to the congregation. Mm. They don't, we don't put their pictures up on the PowerPoint. It, it's like, uh, it's like they've, they've joined something, the, the church, but what does that really mean? And uh, on the flip side, I've been, you know, in past years, I was working with a church planter and, and I spent time with him uh, based on the whole disciple making movement model. I said, look, if you're going to start a church and you're going to have membership, can I suggest something? <laughs> I said, uh, let's lift the bar up and said, you cannot be a member of this church unless you're a committed disciple maker for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he never went there. <laughs> but I, I think in terms of if, if you want a list, uh, being a sold out, obedient follower of Jesus, uh, being a disciple of his and then obeying his commands and, and uh, uh, the convictions that he shares with us, like that should really define uh, what being committed or being in allegiance to, to Christ's body is all about. Mm. Yeah, I wonder, Tim, in a legacy church situation like you're in and like I've been in, could that be added to the membership list? And would that in some way redeem it or or not? Like, how would that actually work? Can, can the bar be raised here appropriately in a legacy church? I, I don't think so, to be honest with you. And I say that very humbly, because if you start mm. adding another level uh, to which very few, if any, people have been, uh, it's sort of like the uh, bait and switch approach. Uh, mm. they, they are members, they have their chairs, <laughs> they give generously, and, and they're good volunteers, and they work for the cause of Christ. But then to say, okay, now to be a member, you actually have to uh, become a disciple maker. I think that that would be such a far stretch that, that we would lose all the members, because very few would know what that looks like, what it means. And also, churches are not configured or ready to actually lead people in a disciple making movement. 
I, I think that that's the struggle. So uh, what I would do is I would actually start working with the staff and the elders of the church mm. as, as the springboard, because as I've said before, if you're not living it, you can't lead it. Mm. And therefore, if they lead by example, I think that's what Jesus did and called us to follow him. <laughs> well, that's that's really good. I mean, those are hard words, Tim. I even I know. even in my context, I you know, it's I, I feel uncomfortable a little bit with that I because know. Know. you know I'm a member of a church that is kind of backing our ministry, Twelve Church, which is yeah, intended right. to be a disciple making yeah. movement. The goal of Twelve Church, from a denominational standpoint, is that we'll become a regular church. Yeah. With membership organized <laughs> with members and elders yeah, exactly. that you know parallel to the legacy system and as we move down that path especially as we look at this this contrast Damien I think very yeah. very yeah. insightfully identified there's a growing tension with how that actually plays out and and one of the comments Damien makes in his book that I want to I want to bounce off you yeah, yeah, yeah. is you know he says um basically that the membership systems we've inherited um basically they uh they get in the way. It's another thing we've inherited that gets in the way of multiplication. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think that's an accurate statement that, yeah, that yeah, membership, as we do it, interferes with multiplication? Because, uh, yeah, membership as we know it is an exclusive category. You're mm. either in or you're out. And, and therefore, uh, people look to their allegiance to the organized church, the system, the denomination to find their identity. And, and and because of that, it gets in the way of really just having our soul identity found in Jesus. Now, now we need structure, but but Jesus' call to us is, is an organic call to become like him, uh, to allow his spirit to live through us. Uh, Jesus didn't have a lot of organizational uh, hoops to jump through, and fair enough, because the, the, the church hadn't really started. But when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't, uh, did he really have in mind the legacy system that that we're, and it is a system, uh, you know, there's checks and balances, legalities and denominational this and that. But really, is that what he had in mind? Or was it actually a disciple making movement where uh, the bar was raised? And, um, you know, I, I, our, our lead pastor just came back from overseas uh, in a country that is a giant country and very few people know Jesus, uh, but there's training centers where we're training church planters. Hmm. And uh, at the end of their a couple of years of training, and th th these are like kids between 18 and 22 uh, at the end, uh, this isn't an, in a first world country, uh, but these people are on fire for Jesus. So this is what happens at the end of their two year training. They're given a Bible and a bicycle. Huh. They're told, they're told to go out in rural areas where apparently people have lots of guns and, uh, and, and they are not, uh, they have to, they have to lead 12 people to Jesus before they're even considered to be a church. Wow. And then based on that, uh, they are training those people to then go and win others to Jesus and grow together. So, so as so you look at something like that compared to the system in which we have, one is much more organic Whereas we're almost sometimes stifled and, and the whole membership thing, uh, I don't like using the word club, but the, but that's usually you're a member of a club. Hmm. Uh, and a club has responsibilities that you have to pay your dues. And in return, you get you get services or benefits back from the club. And unfortunately, a lot of churches find their self-worth and their identity in that type of an arrangement, uh, forsaking the call of Jesus 
to obey everything that he's committed to go into the world, make disciples and make disciples, which really is, uh, I think, what he had in mind right from the beginning. Yeah, no, very well said, Tim. You know, I've said many times in our, in our podcast, you're probably getting tired of the saying that uh, you get points for building arcs, not not predicting rain, that identifying a problem is not a great skill, it's a solution. So as we move, you know, towards closing a few minutes here, not quite yet, um, what what will we say to legacy church leaders or people even who are planning churches regarding this issue of membership? How do we take what is and move it in a way that actually contributes to disciple making? What You, you already talked about, you know, working with leaders and staff, but yeah. what... What if we could blank slate it? How do we do it? Because it's easy to say no to something, but it needs to be replaced with something. Exactly. Uh, in the, you know, in the book here, Damien talks about the relational structure. You have credibility due to your obedience and your character. And I see that. Uh, how would we kind of, you know, explain that to someone? Because it's, 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 it's much less in a way black and white than we're used to more organic and less institutional. Yeah. So it's hard to wrap our heads around, I think. Yeah, and and you know, I would I would take people just back into the gospel and into the early church. There there were defined church bodies. You know, you think of the the various seven churches, you know, in, in Revelation that, that had progressed. Um, but it all started with just loving, loving people. And and also we have to understand the work of the Holy Spirit in this, uh, mm-hmm. because this is not just an organizational endeavor and enterprise. This is the work of the Holy Spirit to, to, to draw people to Jesus. And I think the, the more, seriously, the, the more we can focus on who Jesus is and finding in him our identity, then a lot of the, the other trappings of traditional, you know, coming from the builder, uh, you know, the boomer and the builders and, and, and all this, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of that, uh, the, 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 the baby boomer generation that, that followed the, the builders who wanted to build structures and have organized. Uh, but when I look at the, the generations coming uh, behind me, uh, they're more all about relationships and causes, not, not about structure and, and even membership. Uh, the, the one thing that I, I would say, however, I, I don't want to put mem- throw membership under the bus because there has to be a certain level and, and any organization can determine how they're going to, what they're going to call it, what they're going to call their people to. But, at, at, uh, you know, I used to have people in the church that they gave a lot of their money to, uh, you know, TV evangelists and, and all of that. And they'd go around and tell me that. And, and I said to them, okay, fair enough. But at two o'clock in the morning, if you're sick in hospital, it's a crisis. Mm-hmm. Or your son gets picked up by the police and, and, and he needs a pastoral visit. That TV evangelist is not going to come and visit you mm-hmm. in hospital or in the jail. Uh, so what does it mean that you belong to it? So, so membership, it, it, it's like adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you, you want to belong, but you have to work out what does that mean in terms of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And to, to put a title on it and, and to give you five things that means that you're a member, like you said, you can give all the money in the world, but your heart your heart is not growing in Jesus. And mm-hmm. so I think we have to maybe change uh, the indicators on our dashboard, Darren. And it all goes back to, to just, again, Jesus said, follow me. <laughs> and so we have to follow him and maybe uh, use his example of, of loving each other and caring for each other. Uh, you know, I think in the early church, 
the disciples realize we can't be waiting on tables. So there's an organizational expectation, but we need to be doing this, this other type of work. So, so even mm-hmm. in the early church, there's this tension about roles and responsibilities. And uh, based on that, something beautiful should happen if, if we really keep our eyes on Jesus. Mm. Yeah. You know, the body metaphor image of it's not even i mean it really the church actually is a body organically yes. and you know that picture i think goes a long way uh, as well as the one another's you know i've i've often yeah. taught on the one another's all of the one another commands you know love one another then all of the different ones that kind of explain how that looks yeah. you know i think that explains a bit and maybe just a thought i had as we're talking here tim in in this post denominational lower structured increasing organic kind of world that maybe you know, there's some room for the church, especially disciple-making movements, to gain some ground. Yeah. Um, but maintaining the clarity, the clarity of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and, um, you know, towing the line of what it means to actually follow him and be disciples to make disciples. You know, our group, we talk about, you know, the five, you know, the five commitments of a disciple-maker. And those are not things people sign off on at all, but that's, we just kind of keep teaching that. And I'm interested to see if long-term, if... That person who lives that way and has good character are the ones who rise to the service with authority because of that credibility. I think that will happen, but I've yet to see it in our situation. Yeah, it might be just too early on, but I think you're on the right track. And I think yeah, this, this is probably good. Uh, yeah, the, this this is a podcast of, of tension because we're meddling with something that that's so traditionally mm. viewed upon as central to our identity. And so maybe, maybe this is a good place to, to leave it. It's like jazz music. It never really resolves itself. There's this awkwardness. Uh, but maybe this will get people thinking, um, uh, is it enough just to be a member? And then, then we just sort of, um, we're sitting around waiting for Jesus to return. Uh, but there's got to be more. There, there's got to be more. And we believe it's through getting caught up in Jesus' call to be part of a disciple-making movement that we actually find uh, the key to all that he is asking us to become in him. Amen. I think that's a great way to end the great unifying factor for yeah, on mission yeah. together. Yeah. I think that, you know, forms and coalesces of people, nothing unites like being united on mission. And yeah, I think I that say, really would solve a lot of those body life membership issues. I always say you, you alone can do it, but you can't do it alone. We Amen. need each other. So we'll see you next time. Uh, Darren and Tim, it's disciple making. Please join us again. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.